Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to the Grief to Growth podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he's here to help you grow where you've been planted. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. His sincere hope is that this episode helps you today. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. When I decided I was going to do a podcast, I knew there were more moving parts than most people expect. How do you record a podcast? Where do you host it? How much will it cost? Do I need special software? How do I distribute it? All these questions were in my mind. I was all set to go with another podcast hosting company. Then I heard about Anchor. I believe that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place. You can use it right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor is not only free, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor's creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M as in FM radio. And now back to our episode. Today's episode is a conversation with my good friend, Daniel John. I call him my good friend, even though I just met him a couple of months ago, but I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits being on very similar spiritual paths, being raised in traditional Christian backgrounds and growing from there. Daniel is an evidential uh, medium. He's also a certified medium, as well as a Reiki master, and just an all-around great guy. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Smith, your host of Grief to Growth, and I'm back for another uh, episode with my friend Daniel John. I want to introduce Daniel real quick, but I want to let Daniel tell his own story for the most part. But Daniel is a certified spiritual medium. He's a devoted father and husband, a Reiki master, and a dedicated Christian. I also say Daniel is a very busy man. You got three children, Daniel? I do. Three kids. Three three young kids. Um, but I met Daniel in a group called Voice of Our Angels, uh, where he did a gallery reading. And I've met Daniel a couple of times since then and had some great conversations with him. Uh, so what, what I want to do today is just talk to Daniel about his journey, how he got started mediumship, where he is today, what his thoughts are on it. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Daniel John. 
Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, so my name is Daniel John. I, uh, long story short, a couple of years ago, I realized that I had the ability to communicate with spirit, something I never believed in, something I thought was quote unquote against my religion. And then uh, the way it happened, and I'm actually writing a book right now, was I sat next to a woman in a restaurant and I started getting these feelings, visions, pictures. Uh, and it turns out it was her husband who had passed away right in front of her. Um, six months prior and they were married for 30 years and he never got to say goodbye. So I just passed on all this stuff from him. I didn't even believe it. I thought maybe I was like reading her mind or something. I didn't, I didn't know actually what happened, but she had said afterwards that that moment changed her life in such a amazing way. And that she was so honored and blessed to receive the message from her husband and be able to communicate with him from the other side. So I looked into it, tried to figure out what happened. I was still a huge skeptic on that stuff, not only because it was a quote unquote against my religion, but because it just, we can't see it. Um, you got to show me, you know, so I scheduled, you know, a bunch of crazy synchronistic stories kind of happened. And I scheduled an appointment with my own medium, uh, someone I found who I trusted through a friend and uh, she, there was, she didn't know me, but she knew things that there was no way she could have known. Mm -hmm. She brought in my grandma, whose name was Ida. You know, it's not Mary or Murray. It was Ida. And she said it, you know, right plain as day. She said the name Ida? She said, Ida says hi. So, like, and there were, like, 20 or 30 other validating. And she, you know, this grandma, you know, because you get skeptics, right? Like, she doesn't even have the same last name as me. So there's no way she could have known that. And she passed away years ago. And, you know, we were pretty close, actually. So she brought her through. And she brought up through 20 or 30 other very specific validating things. So at that point, I moved from skeptic to, okay, there's some validity behind the you know the fact that we may be able to communicate with people who have passed because i was always under the impression it's heaven or it's hell and that's it but there's so much more so at that point i opened up my mind i opened up my heart i prayed and uh asked god to lead me to information that i could help other people uh, i've always liked helping other people i don't know why but it makes me feel so good i think it's just human, my human nature and so I read book after book. I, you know, and this is in my book too. I had quit gambling. I became a Reiki master. I learned about energy, you know, you name it. And uh, after a year of like study and praying and also being very patient too, because I was so excited to go out and help other people. It wasn't until about a year after my first reading where I just kind of came out and my wife built my website and uh, I, I go live on Monday nights on Facebook for free just mm -hmm. to to tithe for lack of a better word to give back because I'm such so blessed with such a good life. And I do donate, like you said, with helping parents heal. Um, and I do donate a lot of free readings. Um, and I do probably four to five a week, uh, nights and weekends. Cause I do have a full-time job and, uh, just the amount of validation and the amount of healing that happens in these readings is just so rewarding. And then, you know, the last thing, is, you know, thanks to you, you introduced me to somebody who uh, certifies mediums. And, you know, there's still a little bit of skepticism in me to because it's so hard to believe because you can't see it. You know, when you do readings, it's not as clear as you think it would be. So anyway, I went to get certified over a month process. There was five blind readings. It was on Zoom. All you do is see their face and they could literally just say yes or no. And yeah. And so I prayed during the whole process, you know, God, if this is something you want me to do, if this is your work, this is my life path to help other people through bringing in spiritual messages, then pass me. If not, fail me, no problem. I'll redirect my energy and whatever you want me to do, just let me know. 
Um, I feel like that open dialogue and the trust in a higher source, call it God, call it universe, is very important. And I passed. And I felt like that gave me the confidence to know that I'm doing what God wants me to do, but also that the messages and things that I'm getting are, are real, they're helpful, and they're of, of uh, a higher energy that we just can't quite understand. So uh, that's where I'm at now. And I, like I said, I have my own studio. Um, I do four to five readings a week and it's, it's starting to grow. You know, I just, I'm booking in October for my appointments. And that being said, it's because I have a limited um, schedule, but uh, right, right. Kind of short version. So it's your first experience with mediumship was just this spontaneous experience. It just happened to you. The reading came through you and you, you were like, what's going on? Yeah. And you have to like interpret these like little subtle messages. I mean, but during those, a lot of readings, including that one, you get names and they, you don't even know where they come from. It's coming from spirit. So yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I had always, you know, I had real, real quick, I'd have people reach out to me after they, I kind of came out as a medium and one comes to my mind seven years ago, I was working out in the gym and some kid came up to me and said his wife had just had a miscarriage. I don't even know how I didn't really wasn't good friends with him, but he said his wife had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and I supposedly told him all this stuff that changed his perspective on life and really helped him during the situation. And he had messaged me about a year ago after I came out and told me how much I helped him. So even though I wasn't quote unquote a medium all the time, spirit, all it really is, it doesn't matter who it is. It's what comes through. Spirit uses people, did it in the Bible, they do it now to pass on messages from spirit to help us along our path. So I've been doing it for a while without really knowing it, but now it's a little bit more, you know, come to fruition, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So um, tell us tell more about your faith background, because you, I hear you, you mentioned God, you mentioned the Bible, you mentioned that you prayed and you want to make sure this is God's will. So what, what is your background? Are you Catholic, Protestant? How did, how did you get started? So I was raised Catholic. I went Catholic uh, K through six. And then uh, ninth grade, I was actually saved, um, you know, accepted Jesus into my heart as part of a group called Youth for Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't Reson- I resonate with Christianity more than any other religion, but when anyone asks me what religion I am, I'm love. I lead from love. I try to base everything I do on a foundation of love. Mm-hmm. And as you know, is a set of beliefs, a, set, a foundation of beliefs that lead to um, an understanding of a higher source. So I know that, you know, there's over, I always talk about this, there's over 4,000 religions in the world. I just feel like I don't commit to one, mm-hmm. but I believe in God, I believe Jesus I follow Jesus. I, I read a lot about him and about a lot, a lot about his life. I read the Bible every day, but I don't call myself a Christian. I just, I am love. Um, so that's kind of the way I just describe religion because it's not necessarily the, the same set of beliefs that some specific religion has. I just believe in God. I believe we come from a higher source and I believe that he has sent people through time, including, you know, the Buddha, you know, Siddhartha and, and Jesus, along with others um, that are here to teach us many lessons from the other side. Yeah. Well, I can relate to what you're saying because um, I grew up Pentecostal and then was kind of evangelical for a while, very much a Bible believer. Still, I love the Bible. I think the Bible's great. I don't think it's perfect. Um, and, and then unfortunately, the term Christian means, you know, Christ-like or little, little Christ, but it's become to mean a lot more than that. So I've kind of detach myself from that from that term also um but obviously mm-hmm. the bible is still very important to you you know you still as you said you pray in it etc so with this mediumship did you feel a conflict between your belief in the bible and mediumship stay with us we'll be right back 
Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Well, first off, I, I believe if we use books like the Bible, the Quran, the you know, Torah, and other books, r- religious or not, if, if we use them when we, and we're coming from a place of love, mm-hmm. that's, all, that's all that matters. Uh, that, that's first something I feel like Spirit wanted me to say. Mm-hmm. The other part, you know, I get a lot of people, not a lot, I get some people that just feel the need to just quote Old Testament scripture. Mm-hmm. And, Say that I'm going to hell and that I'm channeling demons and, and all this other stuff. Um, and I have, I mean, I have a response to those and there's like to those people and there's two real ways to look at it. Um, number one is there's a lot of things in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and a lot of Old Testament scripture that just don't apply anymore. I don't want to go through them all, but there's things like wearing multiple cloths and stoning your kids to death when they disobey and, you know, in these same chapters, they talk about mediums and you're going to go to, you know, you're channeling the devil and all the things like that. I believe personally that some of those Old Testament scriptures were written back then in those times because paganism was very popular. People were believing in other gods. There was a lot of neg- you know, energy is real. We're energy. There's a lot of negative energy. And without doing mediumship and being protected by God and the light is what I call it, you're open all other kinds of energies. And because we have free will, there are certain energies that choose to operate at a lower vibration. I believe that a lot of Old Testament scripture warned people back then, and even now, to not mess with energies from the other side that are not of the light, they're not of God. Mm-hmm. That's the basis is that in the Old Testament, some of those things just don't apply. So these scriptures, even in Leviticus, like I said, in Deuteronomy, there's some other really crazy stuff in there that just doesn't, doesn't apply now, nowadays. Um, but I believe they exist for a reason. On the other side, Jesus was a prophet. There's a lot of New Testament scripture that talks about prophecy. And Jesus was also a medium. You know, Matthew chapter 17 is just one I always go to. Is He actually went up on the mountains and channeled Moses and Elijah. Yeah. And they came through. Uh, that chapter also speaks of reincarnation and some other things that don't, uh, the typical Christian doesn't believe. Yeah. The Bible from a place of love and realize that, and you know, a few other things. Jesus rebuked a lot of Old Testament um, laws. One of which I always think about is in John, where the woman was caught um, committing adultery, and the the Pharisees, the leaders of the time, brought in the, her to Jesus and said, "Hey, this is against the word, the scripture." And he said, "Let the person throw the first stone who hasn't sinned." And everybody walked away. She came up to Jesus, and he says, "Just don't do it anymore." So yeah. rebuking that's just if he could do. You take one situation where any law is rebuked by Jesus, then I think we need to reconsider some of the Old Testament scripture as to how it applies today. I do, however, want to re- revert back to old, there's scriptures there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's very important when doing mediumship that you do work from a place of love with God and are protected in his light. It's something I do before every reading, ask God to protect me in his light, to only deal with energies that are in his light, because there are other energies that are not of God, for lack of a better word. So I think that's why they exist. And last thing, mm-hmm. when you think scripture, 
you know, whether it's an email or whatever, it should just come from a place of love. Um, and, and that's what I feel like is most important. And I get these emails and messages once in a while, not all the time, where they just are, are kind of damning and telling me I'm going to hell and all this stuff. And it's just, mm-hmm. I send them a response with love. In fact, I had a, my first negative review in a year of someone who didn't even have an appointment with me. This gentleman just found a need to just quote all these old scripture, Old Testament scripture. And I responded with love and just wanted him to maybe reconsider his approach on, you know, sending out negativity and, and using the Bible to, to do anything but love. So. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I, I think that's a fantastic answer, you know, to respond in love and to, a reminder of a scripture that says, test the spirits by the spirit. John, yeah. Yep. And when Jesus said, you know, you'll know if a tree by its fruit. So I know a lot of mediums and there, there are definitely some people out there that are not as good. There's some people out there that frankly are frauds. Uh, and there's some people that mess with dark energies. I, I totally agree. But the mediums that I happen to know and I happen to work with all come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And when I see the healing that comes from a good medium reading, I mean, it can be worth more than years of, of traditional therapy. And, and when people say, well, that's, that's Satan just fooling you. I'm like, I don't really think Satan is out healing people to fool us into, you know, thinking that we're talk, talking to our loved ones. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I can't tell you, and sorry to interrupt you if I did that, no. how, many, how many emails and messages, and I've probably done, Brian, between maybe four to 600 readings. I don't really know exactly how many. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I, can show, I have all of them recorded. I have all of them um, the email to them after. And I can't tell you how many messages I get after, not only a validation, but that's secondary to the primary fact of the love and the healing. You know, I had a lady one time who lost her son and she had a reading and she messaged me like a week later and said, I left my house for the first time in a year yeah. because, because of you. And then I respond, it's not me, it's spirit. I just happen to be in the middle. Right. But, the long story short to kind, of, to kind of add on what you said is spirit, God, energy, uses people like mediums, uh, whether you're a labeled medium or you're just somebody who just, we've all, I feel like, given a message at some point to someone where we didn't even know really where it came from, mm-hmm. uses us to help people along their highest path. And to your point, if it is the devil or you're channeling all He's really making people feel really, really darn good. Not only living better lives, you know, I've had uh, like that lady was one of them. She said this reading from her husband who literally passed right in front of her Mm -hmm. by 30 years. And he came through and she said that led her on a path in life. That was her highest she's ever been. And they made her feel, you know, and we talk, you know, maybe once every couple months, but she's doing great. And it started with the foundation of the reading and it wasn't me. It was just choosing me or anybody. That's why I always tell you, it doesn't matter what medium you go to. And to your point, test the spirits. When you watch someone, when you see someone talk, are they coming from a place of love? Do they feel genuine? You know, you know, people see, see you on like, a, or they talk up on the Monday night live about Facebook. If you don't want to, don't, don't want to see it, don't watch it, but test it, test me, see, watch me do the readings, watch right. any and go with your heart. Go with your heart and find out if it's something that you, you know, maybe could do to help you live your highest path. Yeah, I've seen some of your readings uh, that you put on YouTube. And I've seen that there was the woman had, I think it was a four-year-old son that had passed. And uh, you had referred me to that, to that reading. And I, and I watched it. And again, I see the healing that comes from it. And so I can't see how people could say this would be something that would be a bad thing. They're just, they're coming from a place of fear. Like you said, that's kind of the, the opposite of love is not hate. It's actually fear. Mm-hmm. And they're coming from a place of fear and they're just holding themselves back. Yeah. Skepticism is just not knowing how it works. So that's why I talk about 
taking a step back, if you believe something, which because I've you know, raised Catholic, coming in Christian, I've had to relook at everything I believe to be true to actually open my eyes and open my heart. I always think of that um, that Blessed Union of Souls song, uh, I Believe. Oh, you, know, yeah. you, you got to open up your mind, open up your heart, give your hand to the Lord, let him guide you. I talk about it all the time. You know, I always quote that Proverbs um, chapter three, five through six is um, lean not on your own understanding. We as human beings, I'm getting goosebumps, um, are not capable of completely understanding why we're here. So that's why I think it's important to trust in a higher source. Call it God, Allah, the universe, whatever. We come from something greater. And the sooner we acknowledge that, and the sooner we lean on that source and that energy to guide us along our lives, we we really are blessed and can live the highest path we can possibly live. Well, let's talk a little bit about how it works, because I think that is a hang-up a lot of people have. And when we were talking this, it reminded me, as a Christian, a lot of times we're taught that after death, we are asleep. It's kind of like the Old Testament version where people, you just went to this, this, this grave kind of uh, shadowy place called Sheol, the grave. And you were just kind of asleep or in a suspended state of animation. And so a lot, of people, a lot of Christians believe until Jesus comes back, we're asleep. So either believe that or they believe we're like way off up in heaven somewhere, right? So either way, we're unreachable. So if you're reaching someone, their spirit, you can't possibly be reaching them because they're, they're either asleep or they're in heaven. But I think what you're saying, and my experience has been, they're neither. They're not asleep and they're not a long way around, off. They're still right here. Yeah, I don't claim to know because I don't think we're humanly capable of understanding how, where, and how our energy works. But there's a few things that come to mind. Number one, time doesn't work the way it does on the other side. It's been in every book, every reading. Time doesn't exist in the way it does here. Mm -hmm. We are in um, a, a constraint, for lack of a better word, of time. So that's part of it. The other part is if if... When these messages come through, there's, I call myself a spiritual and evidential medium. They're so specific that you just can't make it up. Um, so you know that they, that they still exist and that you're actually communicating with energy no matter where it is. In the end of the day, in the New Testament, I forget what, I think it's John or Matthew, I'm not sure. Jesus says that his father has many rooms. His father's house has many rooms. Mm-hmm. What I believe that refers to is that when we pass and our energy leaves our human body, there's a certain vibration of energy that we are at, you know, because we are, we're all energy or 99.9% of all electrons have open space. It's all energy. There's new quantum physics theory that is above my head. It talks that we are just pretty much all energy and consciousness is within the energy of our body. So when we leave, we end up being in a certain level based on our soul progression and based on our last life and how we accomplish the life life task. What I tell you about energy and the best way to understand it from a human perspective is that energy is all around omniscient, if that's the word I'm looking for, and always available. So I've channeled people that died 80 or 90 years ago and they come through sometimes stronger than people who passed six months ago. Mm-hmm. And the messages are very validating. So that being said, with doing five, 600 readings and be having the amount of validation, energy always, not always, but is available when it needs to. And that brings up a secondary point real quick that when you do readings, when you do, I did a group reading in here last week, what comes through is supposed to come through. So I always tell people it's not really about who comes through, it's what comes through. 
because it's what you need to hear at this point in time. And I believe that people that sit in front of me, I have a reading today at noon, um, where they're going to hear what they need to hear. So yeah, it would sidestep it a little bit, but the long story short is energy is available. There's no, it's not like, I, I don't think it's like what we think it is. And I don't actually think we can totally grasp with our human brains what happens with our energy when we pass. But I'm telling you, it's around. Because yeah, we, I don't, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think we can grasp it either. I think we can, we can come up with analogies. We can kind of come close and we can, we can say what it's not. And I think we can say, I, I, at least I feel like from near death experiences and after death communications, people that have come back and said, um, my friend, uh, Brenda Baker just passed in, I think it was May of last year. And she came back through a medium. And she said, it's like, I just woke up. It's like waking up from a dream when we, when we step onto the other side or, and I've heard people as described as I just stepped out of my, stepped out of my body. So it's a, it's a continuous thing has been my, my understanding from my experiences. I've read a lot about near-death experiences, and there was a couple clinical, I like clinical um, books on things, and this guy kind of broke down a clinical, and I can get you the book or share it after, mm -hmm. about um, what happens to people when they have near-death experiences, and there was like 66% of the people that had them never even heard of an NDE. It wasn't even really labeled NDE until uh, Dr. Moody did it in the 70s, but there's right. a lot of commonality, like looking at your body, seeing a white light tunnel, energy, you know, all stuff like that. So I think in the end of the day, if we just open our minds a little bit to the fact that we just can't quite understand it and that we come from love and that you, there might be things and there is that we just don't understand, but from an energy standpoint, that's who we are and what we are. Um, so it's easy, a little bit easier to comprehend when you just look at it from that perspective. Yeah. And it might help people to understand what, what the experience is like for you, because I've heard people complain about medium. It's like, well, why can't they just tell me this. I just want to hear this one specific thing. Or right. why can't they always get a name? If they're talking to my loved one, why can't they tell me their name? So what's the experience like for you? It's, it, I mean, do you hear the person talking in your head like they're sitting next to you on the couch? Or how does it come through to you? Yeah, it's funny. I, I've never seen a spirit. I think when I was seven, I might have saw one. Um, I don't hear them very often. I just feel them. Um, so I don't see any spirit, which makes it hard for me to believe and then I asked kind of the same question you asked or said or referred to is, you know, I asked my spirit guides, why aren't my messages stronger? Why, why can't I see them? You know, and I get things about protection and about divine timing and about trust and the fact that I just have to keep trusting it. You know, I had a group reading last night and, and it was, it was okay. Uh, I wish it, I wish they would have gave me more, but I understand that everything that came through was supposed to come through. And to answer your question, to be honest, Brian, it comes through like a thought. That's the best way I can explain it. It comes through like a, almost like made up. That's why in the beginning I, I started doing free readings just to kind of make sure that this is something I was supposed to be doing and doing and that I could do. And it just feels like this made up thought. So you have to trust that that thought that's coming to your head is just not random. It's coming from some sort of energy to give to the person that's sitting here to help them for their highest good. And I'll always pray before my readings to ask God to protect me in his white light and also bring messages through that are for the person's highest good because we don't want to bring in something that's not going to help them. So that intention that you set is there, but to, to answer your question, it's like a thought, but then, and I always give this as an example. During my test reading, I was doing a reading for a woman, then they can only say yes or no. And I said, I'm getting the name Milton. She's like, no. And I said, well, I'm getting it. It's a very specific name. It's not like Bob or Michael Milton. And she said, no, 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 no. Kept saying no. I was like, all right, well keep it. Cause I can't make you think of it. 
uh, after the reading, about an hour later, I get an email from her and the rest of the reading actually was really good. And that was one of the things we couldn't connect on. Well, it turns out her father had her late and she didn't know her father's father. His name was Milton. Mm. What that did for me was prove not only that it was real, because I like getting more and more proof that this stuff is real, but that I didn't pull it from her head. Because there's always a worry on my end that like, am I just like taking energy from their thoughts? Because that, that's not cool. I don't want to do that. I want right. to make sure that she's really their loved one. She didn't even know she had a grandfather named Milton. So for me to get that specific name, and I think that all happened for a reason to build my trust, but also to have her grandpa say hi, and then have her email me and say, wow, my grandfather's name was Milton. I didn't even know that. Just to prove to me that it's not, it's more than just like, you know, because energy, if energy is real, you could sit across from someone and maybe you can take someone from their head, something from their head. I always worried about that. I thought with the first reading with that woman, maybe that's what I did. And mm -hmm. I would feel terrible because I don't want to do that. Right. That, specific example is what made me believe, okay, this is real and there's no way she even knew it. So it had to come from somewhere different. Yeah. Well, and what you just said about the name, it kind of reminded me of a story. I was, um, one of the first readings, actually, I think it was the first reading I had was with Suzanne Wilson and she brought my daughter through really strong. And my daughter's, her name, that's a very unusual name. Her name is Shana. So Suzanne's trying to get her name and Shana's like, you're not going to get my name. Because it seems like mediums can, they can own spirit and the medium can only work with the medium already knows for, for the most part. Every medium is a little bit different, but it seems like it's like they work with things you already know. They'll give you an image or a thought. So they'll give you something close. So we're, we're, we're reading with Suzanne. She's trying to get Shana's name. She can't get her name. She said, all I'm getting is like an old black and white like movie, like a cowboy movie. And I don't know what it is, but I'm getting this. I used to watch movies with my grandfather. So we, we finished the reading, we get off, and I'm telling people about it. And I tell someone this, and then right back to me, they said, there's a movie called Shane. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I wrote to Suzanne, and I said, you know, have you, and she goes, oh, yeah, that's what it was. I should have gotten it. And, and Shana's name, obviously, is it's close. So I think a lot of times spirit kind of works that way. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. From what I understand and what I feel, spirit uses what's in your head to help pass on a message from the other side. It doesn't work like you and I can talk. Right. A few examples. One time I see a caramello bar. It's one I use all the time. Isn't it? Or actually early on. And I see this like caramel, like go. And uh, I asked the woman if she liked caramello bars. And she said, she said, no, I like Butterfingers. And I was like, no, that's not it. It's definitely a caramello bar. So uh, long story short, 20 minutes later, we're channeling her ex-husband. And I said, does he have any other children? And she said, yeah, he has a daughter. And I said, what's her name? Her name's Carmella. Mm -hmm. So you know, the skeptics of the world be like, well, that's not the same thing, but that's how it works. Right. I'm you know, and I remember some readings, Brian, very specific. Other ones I don't. That one with a four-year-old, I remember like it was yesterday. And her son came through, but then I see Howie Mandel. 
So I'm thinking like, well, did he like Bobby's world or cause I know he did his voice or did, did, did you watch America's Got Talent recently? All I just see is an image right. of Howie now. And I'm like, do you know someone named Howie? And, and she, so she's like, she's like, no, no. And she keeps saying no. And you can watch the video. And then she's like, well, my brother's name was Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> so I know Howie and Howdy are different, but because energy can only communicate and they don't have mouths, they can only send images, pictures, feelings, with what I know to help pass on to someone, their loved one, a message of love or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that's, those are a couple examples of how it works. Um, I have many more, but you know, you can watch yeah, well, YouTube. Yeah. I, I, I like doing this with people to help people understand that maybe new to mediumship, why mediums aren't hundred percent accurate, for example, why mm -hmm. they don't get, you know, specific names. Usually there are some mediums that are better than others. Some mediums don't get names at all. Um, but it's, I, I always say to people, it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, almost like a game of charades. It's like, they're showing you like a picture that or a game of Pictionary even where it's kind of mm -hmm. like, okay, how do I interpret this? And I've had a couple of mediums, like, uh, one asked me, oh, have you been, have you traveled recently? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, do you have something to do with Asia? And I'm like, no, Thailand. No, I have nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing this little Buddha, like a little Buddha statue. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got a Buddha statue on my altar, my meditation altar, and I just got back from Denver and I just bought a Buddha statue. And so after Shana passed, I bought several Buddha statues. And she goes, oh, that's what it is. But she was trying to interpret it and mm -hmm. she was getting the interpretation wrong. But when she gave me the image, then it made sense to me. Yeah, that's a great example. And I just thought of another one that happened literally right here. My symbol, because we develop symbols as mediums to help spirit make it easy for them to pass something on to talk about. My symbol for California is a California raisin. I don't yeah. know why. So I, I asked, I did the same thing that your friend did, right? So a lot, so in that, in that case, Shana was coming through to let you know that she was with you because she knows about you buying all the statues, right? So in this case, um, I see a raisin. So I go, did you just go to California? Do you have California connection? And she's like, no, no. And I'm like, I literally see this dancing California raisin. And she just starts like crying, like, right, right. And I was like, well, wait a minute. She didn't say it. Oh, two days before, and I could be messing up the story, but she opened up her father's trunk who passed to clean out his car, I guess. And there were all these, like, he collected these little dancing California raisins. Oh, wow. I just see a dancing California raisin, and I think California, because that's my symbol, when in reality, her dad's coming through saying that I was with you when you emptied your car. So he had all these little, I guess they're like the solar ones where they like their hands shake around. Yeah. Exactly what I saw in my mind. So that's an example of. And that's a great point to bring up so that people know that sometimes things come through that you just, you don't understand. And, and being the, you know, analyzer that I am, I just jump right to the California reference when in reality they're showing me that and that's specific and that's happened so many times. Yeah. So, so Daniel, how long have you been doing the, the mediumship thing? I, I know you, you told us how it started. It's been, how long have you been actually working as a medium? In, uh, so Officially, like a year. Like I, I came out, I came out, quote unquote, in June, uh, June twenty second of two thousand eighteen. That's when my website launched. That's when I started doing my live reading. So just about a year. Okay. And I know you've got quite a following. Is it all grown like organically? Because I don't know. I don't even really know. I do like you know. I I did a couple Facebook promotions. Nothing crazy, you know. So that might help a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do like when someone likes the video, I go on and invite them, but my wife handles like all my like media stuff, like all my like emails and all my like postings and stuff. So like, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think 
I don't know. I mean, I just got to 12,000 followers on Facebook, which I thought was pretty good for a year. But yeah, I don't know. It's just fantastic for a year. Yeah. I, guess, I guess what I would say is people just resonate and, and understand that, to be honest, I come from a place of love. And um, I do honestly think that God chose me based on my religious background and knowledge of the Bible to touch certain people that might think they want to do this, but think that it's not biblically okay or religiously okay. And I can't tell you right here, two weeks ago, I had someone come in who was raised Catholic. They were nervous about coming. They wasn't sure if it was right. And their mom or grandma, I can't remember. I forget all my readings came through mm-hmm. and she was just, she cried and there was so much peace and love and she felt so good about it. And it's just like, there's so many people that balk up, you know, shy away from it just because of some Old Testament scripture or because of what they were taught, when in reality, it can really actually help them live a better life. But it doesn't have to be me or any medium. You, I always say you don't need a medium. You can pray yourself to help get messages from the other side if you're open to it. But these messages from the other side are not bad. If you're a part of love, you believe in God, and you ask for things of your highest good to live on your highest path. I don't know if what I said makes sense, but no, it does. No, it, it does. makes perfect sense. So I got to ask you, a lot of times when I talk to mediums and parents, especially that have lost children, like, how do I connect with my children? You said you can connect yourself. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of mediums say, you know, meditation is, is one way of getting in touch with them. What, what would you say to a parent that says, how do I connect with my own child? Yeah, great question. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm not going to answer that question directly. I want to answer it from a, a global uh, standpoint. Yeah. Mediums in general, uh, meditate. Um, lead with love like like I do smile um, we often as human beings are blocked from our natural state as souls and it's funny you're saying this because I just finished my ch- uh, finishing my chapter on that part and mediumship hmm. when you lead from love and meditate and eat healthy and exercise you are able to connect with spirit better so that you can live on your highest path when we go through losing someone there's often grief we don't eat properly, we're stressed, we have anxiety, we're not sleeping as a society. So one of the things that I had to do to get to become a medium and spirit, the way spirit told me was crazy, I'm putting it in the book, was to stop gambling. I used to play fantasy baseball, fantasy football, got to play poker, you name it. That negative energy, that false sense of high needed to leave um, so that I can tune in. Meditation is huge because you relax your mind. So Long story short, there's a lot of things that contribute to the average person not being able to connect with their loved one. The intent I have to talk about with connecting with your loved one or being a medium and connecting with someone else's loved one is of love. There's so many messages of happiness and they talk about releasing things and not feeling guilty. That was one that came through from a woman who lost her son last night. Her son came through and said, release the guilt. And she just, you could feel, I just got goosebumps, you could feel the relief of her son telling her this when it was exactly what she needed to know. I didn't know she needed that. But long story short, the average person has a lot of restrictions. And I'm going to say them again, when it comes to diet, stress, um, anxiety, you know, the word disease is dis-ease. A lot of it comes from our own bodies just holding tension. I talk about meditation, acupuncture, you know, Reiki treatments. There's a lot of non-traditional uh, therapeutic ways to help you connect. But the way that you do it, the way that a medium does it, and you'll find a lot of mediums are like this. They lean on meditation, eating healthy, spreading love. And those are the ways that you can connect yourself. 
the reason mediums exist, and I think that God uses people like mediums to help others, is because the average person is just blocked. And we're eating fast food, and we're not working out, and we're stressed from work, and we got too much stuff on our plate, and we don't meditate. If you do those things, it took me a year and a half to get to that point. It's not like something you can just do and automatically happens. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of trust. So that's the short answer of why I think you can connect yourself, but why you need a medium is the average person just doesn't do all those things. And I'm something, the last thing, I'm adding a diet chapter to my book because there was a number that kept coming up for four months over and over. And I attributed it to the fact that I need to eat better so that I can channel better. So I'm sacrificing eating all the things I love so that I can help others. And that's what I did with gambling too. And I'm sorry for the long answer, but you know, like gambling was something I love. I quit it for a year, not even knowing if this is something I could do because that's what my soul was feeling. And I miss it. I do miss playing poker and all that stuff, but I know that I'm a better person. I know I'm fulfilling what God wants me to do. And that's why now I'm doing the diet thing. Um, so I'll do intermittent, intermittent fasting. I don't eat processed foods anymore. I try to eat all the colors of the chakras, crazy stuff that I would look at myself and think that I'm crazy for. Mm. It helps you connect better. And I think if we all as a society focus on those things like diet and meditation and spreading love and smiling and, you know, forgiving people and all those things that I talk about in the book, um, we can actually connect with spirit with the intent of helping out yourself so that you can help out other people. Wow. Well, I, I, I love that answer. And that was, uh, I've asked a lot of people that answer that question. And that, that was uh, a very uh, unique and detailed answer. So I, I like that a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing it in the book. So did you get all these ideas that they come through you? Is it, is it training that you had or where did it come from? I don't even know, man. I, I don't know. I feel like spirit when you're, see, I'm the only really, you know, back to that John verse about testing the spirits. I'm the only one that knows that I come from a place of pure love. I can't even explain it. You can feel it. People can feel it. But I'm the only one that actually knows. Right. Well, I know that what I'm doing, in, in whether it's the book or what I just, the blurb I just said, which I don't even remember, I feel like yeah. spirit uses people who are of love and who have love and just take care of themselves and are able to be connected to pass through messages a lot of times it's kids. There's a video on Facebook of this kid who's telling his mom she needs to just, you know, believe in herself. I've, I've, it's on my one of my Facebook pages. But I feel like to, to answer the question is that spirit uses people like me who come from a place of love to help people along their way. Because to be honest with you, as a human being, we're kind of thrown in here, right? We know we have selective amnesia, which is something that's talked about in Your Soul's Plan, which is a book I highly recommend by Robert Schwartz. Mm -hmm. And we have to live this path and we have to live it on our highest path. When we have that highest path, which I honestly believe I'm very close to living, and it was confirmed the other day by that post I made to show you, um, God will use people like whoever who's on that highest path, think about Jesus, whatever the whatever the soul is who's at that progression to pass on messages because they're more able to pass on something that they need to hear. I don't know if I said it correctly. Let me just reword it. Sure. When you're on your highest path and you're eating right and working out and meditating and doing things of love, which I've made my life all about and you sacrifice and you try to not worry about the earthly possessions and the materialistic stuff, and you focus on love and doing what's in your heart and following God, I believe spirit and God uses people like me, for lack of a better word, 
to pass on messages of love to help people be on their highest path. And I know I kind of repeated myself, but that, if that last wording is what I wanted to say. Yeah, well, it reminds me of what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. So, and I can see why you've attracted such a following that you have because you just come across as so sincere and being about love and, and being of service. And I think that, I think people are attracted to that. Um, and people, you know, they just give you a chance and, and say, okay, let me just, if someone just watches you on Monday night on Facebook, which you, you give away your time, you, your children are, what are they, six, four and two? What are the ages? You got it. Yeah. Six, four and two. Yeah. So you have three small children, you have a full-time job. Your wife has a full-time job. You just opened a studio. You're a busy man. And you're on Monday nights, what, a couple hours, hour and a half? Yeah, I usually do uh, two hours. I try to do like three or four readings. And uh, I, I honestly, I believe that, you know, if you look at like Islam and Christianity, like the two biggest religions in the world, tithing is something that, you know, it's one of the five pillars of Islam, right? And, and, and yeah. Jesus talks about, and the church talks about tithing. And it's not only giving money, but it's giving time and energy. So I, I look at that as my tithing. I do donate stuff and I, 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 I try to do as much tithing as I can, but that's my tithing. And, I, and like helping parents heal and giving back your time and your energy, I think it comes back tenfold. Helping other people and doing things for other, others comes back to you from a karmic standpoint. Um, so I encourage everyone to just do things. That's why we volunteer. A lot of people volunteer because it just feels good. And it helps other people, and that comes back to you. So yeah, it's just my it's just my form of tithing. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. So you've mentioned your book a couple of times. Tell me more about what the book's going to be about. Is it? Uh, it's. I didn't realize you're going to be talking about like how to connect, and that sounds fascinating. The diet chapter. So is it? Is it for mediums? Is it for the average person? Who's it for? Um, the book is about. It, it, it could be for everyone. I feel like you know this is kind of like a cop out answer, but that it's for whoever feels like they want to read it. The basic premise of the book is to give a little description from my experience as a medium with a religious background um, of why we're here, what our purpose is while we're here. The question I feel like a lot of people wonder, like, why are we here? Yeah. I used to look around my friends were a little like, why are we, why do we even exist? With over the hundred books I've read and the 500 readings that I've done and all the synchronistic experiences that I've had, I feel like I have the ability or the knowledge, and I can't, can't say knowledge because I don't claim to know. There's no way you could actually know. I don't feel like we're capable. But I have a understanding of life that I think the average person doesn't. I've read, I've expanded my, um, I've opened up my eyes, opened up my heart, trusted in God to lead me to books to help me help other people. So in, for instance, a few chapters, there's a chapter on meditation. There's a chapter on souls, how we are. There's a chapter on energy. There's a chapter on mediumship. There's multiple chapters of mediumship. There's a chapter on diet. Um, there's a chapter on the stories that I've gone through to help, help you understand that, wow, maybe this stuff is real. Like this stuff you can't make up. Goosebump stories. Um, so pretty much it's, why are we here? How can we live our best life? What's this mediumship stuff all about? Why is it okay from a religious standpoint and a God standpoint to do mediumship and to connect with spirit because in the Bible and now spirit comes through, especially in the old Testament to guide us along our path. So book pretty much as a whole is to help everyone live the best life they can. That sounds fantastic. So um, not to put any pressure on you, but when might we, when might we see the book? Uh, to be honest with you, I've been writing a lot 
nights, weekends. I've been, I just wrote 2000 words yesterday. So I have this weird feeling that it might be a little sooner than I think. My guess would be spring of, of, of 20 will be when, when um, it will be out. That sounds great. That sounds great. So I also know, so we talked about, you know, your, your family, your full-time job, you know, your kids. And tell us a little bit more about the studio. Because last time I talked to you, I realized you were just opening a studio. So tell me the name of the studio, where it is, and what are you doing? Yeah, um, it's called the Zome Studio. It's an acronym for Zen Oneness Meditation Escape. Uh, we bought a meditation pod. The pod is like a, um, it's a, it's almost like a spaceship. Mm-hmm. In the pod, it uses lights, sounds, and Himalayan salt to help balance your chakras and help get you, uh, I guess the best way to put it would be to live like you're a soul, right? So to live your highest point, which is from love. So when we meditate, we connect with the source and you can come here. It's 20 minute sessions, noise canceling headphones. It's very comfortable. I just did it this, uh, this morning to just live the best life you can. And then in here, just show you really quick, I have a Reiki table. I'm a master Reiki practitioner. So this is set up for a group reading, but in here is my own space. And this is where I do my Reiki. This is where I do my readings. It's where I do, um, my group readings and it's called the zone studio.com. It's in Geneva. It's a, a small town in upstate New York and we're open uh, by appointment only actually, but you can book online. It's the zone studio. And, uh, and on the other part of the building that we own, there's actually a workout studio. So you can work out your mind and your body in one. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Uh, so you, you've started the full-time job. Um, and are you out of the closet at work as a medium? Do they know what you're doing? Oh, funny question, Brian. Uh, let's see, where do I go with this? Um, still got the full-time job. It's funny, actually, because last year when I came out in June, I still was working the full-time job, and it was a new company. And it was a new company with quarterly going as a sales rep. So that's very hard because they base your quarter to quarter. So it just gets harder and harder. And I actually finished as the number one sales rep in the entire company. It was something that, you know, I talk about it in the book about one of the chapters is Law of Attraction. And if you put it out there, perception is reality. You can make things happen if it comes from a place of love. So for the whole year, I meditated on the fact I'm the number one rep, I'm the number one rep. And I actually did it. I actually was out of 107 reps, I was number one. And this year, thank you. I I didn't talk about it much because I was always nervous about people like, oh, he thinks he's so awesome. And I don't think like that. It's just, I did it. I'm very happy, proud of myself. And uh, it was a really great accomplishment for me, not only from working hard, but also... Um, knowing that you can manifest something if you really want to, if yeah. it's part of your plan. And then also too, from a balance standpoint, I came out in June, was doing readings and Monday night lives and readings three nights a week and still was able to accomplish being an awesome, <laughs> a great dad. Cause I, that's something I, number one thing is being the best dad I can, but also accomplishing all this other stuff. So this year, and I, I don't, um, let's have to check with spirit real quick. Okay. Um, Work recently found out. It was some. I, I did my best to try to separate, but it turns out maybe because of the following uh, last week. Actually, it's that's why it's funny you asked this question. It was brought up to me about what I'm doing and to make sure that it's separate from you know. That's why we're doing this on a Saturday, right? Um, that it's separate from my work time and that I separate it. And I'm actually still having another really good year. 
but able to do the nights, the weekends, the readings at the same time. So the Monday through Friday, eight to five, the, the manager is very supportive. Upper management's very supportive of what I'm doing as long as it's separate from the work time, which is why I do these things on Saturdays and Sundays, nights and weekends, and then I right. dedicate Monday through Friday, eight to five uh, to the sales job. So but they've, they've been very supportive. It just came up last week and uh, it was kind of funny. My manager was like, I don't know what it's all about. It seems pretty cool what you're doing, but just make sure that you do your work and you do that separate. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so there's been a good amount of support, you know, and then at the same time, just to kind of hit on this too, not only work wise, you know, there's the people that are, you know, you get the people that from the religious standpoint that you're doing something wrong. There's the skeptics that don't believe in what you do. And then you know, some people just look at you weird. Like, oh, there's that guy that talks to dead people or the psychic. I don't call myself psychic, but mediums are psychic. And it's, you know, to be honest with you, I just want to put this in here right now. It's hard sometimes. I'm a sensitive person by nature. I want to make everybody happy. You know, if I get a negative comment or negative review or someone looks at me, where it, it actually hurts me. <laughs> as weird yeah. as it and maybe that's fueling the fire for people that like hurting people. I'm an tr- open book. I'm very transparent. But I want to just put this in here real quick. To answer your question on work, they're supportive. But it's not easy going on camera and being on Facebook Live and dealing with critics and then getting the emails where people say you're going to hell. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. Yeah. So when people, when people look at you and say, oh, this guy's trying to get followers and he loves being, it's not like that for me. I don't, I try to release ego. Ego is all about the materialistic, the, all that yeah. stuff. I release that. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I do it to number one answer to God. That's why I do this. Um, and when you get people that come on there and think that I'm trying to just do it for whatever reason, it just, I want to take this opportunity for people that are watching this. It's not, and it isn't a feel bad for me thing. But it isn't as glamorous and easy as it thinks, as you one would think to go on Facebook and get in front of the camera and deal with the emails and stuff like that. So when you're watching, if you're a skeptic or whatever, just I ask everyone watching this, come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Spread love, be love, don't, you know, judge. A lot of the things Jesus talked about. But to get back to the question, there's been a lot of support from work, in-laws, friends. 99% of the people that know what I do, support what I do, there's a percentage that don't want to know or understand. Yeah. I've, lost, I've lost a few friends. I've, I've lost connection with some coworkers because they did find out and they don't understand it. But in the end of the day, I have to answer to one being, one source, that's God. Um, but in the end of the day, overall, between work and other people, it's very, very, very supportive. That's great. I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that for you. We, then, when you said that, it touched on something else that is a very sensitive subject among mediums, and I, I hear this a lot of criticism. Why do mediums charge money? You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're using a gift and it's a gift of the spirit, then why don't you just give it away? And that's why I, I want to keep talking about how busy you are and how much you are giving away. And, and all the mediums I know, you know, they do give a lot away. But when and I have a friend or a guy I'm acquaintance with, Alice Alan Huguenot. Who is a certified medium, incredible medium from what I understand. He's, he's an engineer and a physicist and a medium. So he's got the whole left, right brain thing going. So for years, people kept saying, would you do readings? Would you do readings? And he was like, I can't, you know? So I started doing readings and he had to start charging for them. Mm-hmm. And then people complained that he was charging for the readings. And he actually wrote a thing. He said, let me explain to you what I have to put into this, right? Mm-hmm. I have to take time away from work. I, he travels to uh, to Arthur Finley College for training, et cetera, et cetera. So like with someone like yourself, you know, you, you've you got a lot going on. And if you're going to start, if you're going to not start, with all the volunteer work and everything you do, 
you've got to charge something for your readings. Your time is worth something. And I, I want to put that out there to anybody that's listening that, that has made that comment about mediums or anyone else that's working in a spiritual uh, field. When I first started doing mediumship, I, I just wanted to do it for free. I was just going to do free readings. I was going to do it on the side. Um, I got my full-time job doing really well. Mm -hmm. We're supported by God and that was it. After reading books and as I started growing, I would get literally, Brian, sometimes it would be 20, 30 emails for readings. Sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. There's no, there's no time. There's no energy. I have three kids. You name it. Right. So, um, actually, it was a book I read by, I think it was Maureen Hancock. She talked about charging. And long story short, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. Like last night, I had a group reading. And then I had a reading after that. When I went to bed, I was, it, it takes so much time and energy. Um, and back to the tithing. I do donate a lot of times Monday night helping parents heal to balance it, but you can't just give free readings away all day. When I, last Monday night, I got 37 emails just from the live, uh, and I'd say probably 20 of them were asking me for free readings. Sure. It's, it's just not even possible. Right. So you have to put some type of value on it, some type of monetary thing to it to make it make sense. And then the other part of it is, and that, and that makes sense. What's the word? To make it um, valuable based on your time and actually for the sitter, because I actually gave away a free reading to a person who went through a severe. So I'll use guy. Actually, it's funny you asked this question because I just wrote this in my book yesterday hmm. or last night. Um, I had a person come in. I don't want to be too specific who I gave a free reading to, and they went through a severe trauma. And they actually, the spirit came through and gave them messages they didn't want to hear. Hmm. This person was bringing in messages about parenting when they were from the other side because they didn't feel like this person was parenting the way they should. They brought in things about money. So there were more concerns as opposed to like, hey, I'm, and they said, I'm okay and all this other stuff. Right. But this person didn't want to hear it. And they were very unappreciative. And I charge... You know, my one hour sessions, which I go an hour and a half and I, try, I record it and send it is $150. Mm -hmm. You have to come to the studio, turn on the lights, open it up. It's really a two hour window of time. Right. And they didn't, and they left, they didn't have any money, but the, the lack of appreciation made me feel like, I don't know if I want to do too many free readings. And I don't know if spirit guided me that way so that I didn't do free readings. I feel like when you pay for something, you, you, you value it more. And you're more appreciative of it. But I also feel like the majority of people that pay, they don't mind paying because they know they're getting something of value. And it's like, and in my book, I compare it to an NFL player or someone uh, who's doing something to help other people, whether it be a doctor or whatever. It's no different. God gives gift to people. And I always re refer to Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 4 through 11. He gives gifts of prophecy and uh, spiritual divination and all kinds of gifts to help other people. We need to support our families and we need to be compensated from our time. And because we live in this day and age, it's, mon it's monetary. Back in the day, it could have been crystals, stones, whatever. That value that you get for doing something that you provide from value is a trade. And it, when in the end of the day, when the person who's getting the reading, whether it's money or whatever, now it's money because it's society we live in, gets something of value, the equal trade is a balance of karma that needs to happen. 
So I think from now the money standpoint is just a trade of energy or whatever. It's money now so that both souls can get what they need uh, as a proper balance. Because if we didn't collect and we didn't charge, it would be unbalanced and we would be, I wouldn't have money to support my family. I'd be sitting here doing readings all day and I wouldn't even be able to pay the rent for the building. So that's kind of a, sorry my answer is so long, but I hope no, that. I think, I think that's an important point. I just want to add a couple of things to that. And I want to just emphasize what, a couple of things you said. Okay. So you did a Facebook live on Monday night. You get, you get 20 requests for free readings and people say, well, it's only an hour. Why wouldn't you just give it to me? Uh, like you said, that's, that's a couple hours of your time. By the time you prepare, by the time you do an hour of reading, so that's a full week right there. 20, 20 free readings. That would be a full week if you just fulfill that request. And the mm -hmm. other thing I want to add is I had a guy come out the other day and install a faucet for me because it's not something that I'm really good at. So I paid the guy to come to my house and install the faucet. I don't know why people expect mediums to give them something. For we, don't, we don't call the electrician up and say, hey, you're, you're really good at electricity. Why don't you just come by my house and fix my electric for me? Or, you know, whatever. So I... I, I I want to support you in that, um, and I want to help you know some of the critics understand that you might think, well, I'm just asking for an hour of this person's time, but if you're, if you're someone like Daniel has 11,000 or 12,000 Facebook followers, that's an impossibility. You cannot mm -hmm. give away free readings to everybody that asks. And that's a key word to everyone that asks. Two things. Um, one, I had a person had an appointment last Tuesday. They canceled their appointment. And they wanted me to donate that reading to another person, which I thought was awesome, right? So there are certain times where they'll donate or I, I, the one reading I did here for that person who lost someone tragically, my soul just was like, have them come in. I don't want to take any money from them. This is, this person needs this. So yeah. there's certain people that will give, actually it's the same, same message, that will give away things to help them feel better because it, it's our human nature and it feels good to yeah. like hold the door for someone or give something this. And it comes back to tithing between my Monday night lives, helping parents heal voices of our angels and yeah. free readings that I feel like just giving away. Uh, and then sorry to keep this too, but three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I got an email from someone and it just stuck out to me and I get, I don't know, 40 to 50 a week. And it just stuck out to me. I called this woman, talked to her for 35 minutes didn't even, I didn't want any money, but I felt like she needed to hear certain things from spirit. And I called her on the phone while I was driving and just gave her a bunch of messages. She was very thankful. She sent me an email. So we do do as mediums, things like that. If we are spiritually driven to, there was a woman uh, last year who wrote me a message and said, I'm on my last rope. I'm going to commit suicide. You know, I, I picked up the phone. I'm not saying that that's not going to make me call you, but this made me feel like, okay, this is real. We need to call her the spirit. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I watched her Facebook feeds and they all, they started getting like happier and more positive. And it, it wasn't me, but spirit chose me that time for whatever reason, I feel honored to speak her. And we talked over an hour, Brian, and I didn't want to take a penny from her. I didn't want anything. Just watching her Facebook pictures go from the half smile to the smile with her family over that period of time made me feel good. So we do donate. We do tithe. I make it a point to quote unquote tithe with readings and donations and things like that. So yeah, that's just to round up what you said. Yeah. And I want to emphasize while what you do is extremely admirable. That's been my experience with the mediums I work with also. Every medium that I've worked with and met is serving spirit, whether they're whether to they say they're a Christian or a, a person of religious faith or whatever, 
they're all serving, they're all giving back, they're all doing stuff like that. And, and I really, and that's why you're getting the following that you're getting because you're so genuine. So um, Daniel, it's, it's been about an hour. I know you got another, you got a reading coming up. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I, I, I love talking to you. Uh, I feel just blessed to have met you and uh, I'm glad our paths crossed. Ditto, Brian. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a good day. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Brian. Well, that's it for another episode of Grief to Growth. This is your host, Brian Smith. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to reach out to me anytime at www.grieftogrowth.com. That's www.grief2growth.com. And you may know I am a life coach and grief partner. So if you'd like to schedule a free half-hour consultation and see how we might work together, you can do that on my website at grieftogrowth.com. Thanks a lot and have a wonderful day. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.